Warning, spoilers, spoilers ahead. ahead. If you don't like that, then get the fuck out. episode of Jamp in 2018, Just Another Movie Podcast. I'm Durbin. And I'm Wendy. And welcome to Jamp! Welcome! Uh, we haven't had an episode in like three weeks. We're supposed to record this woo, a long time ago. But, you know, we didn't. And there's, there's a few changes. Uh, first of all, this is going to be the very last episode of Jamp to have movie reviews on it. Uh, Jamp is going to become... Our uh, news and uh, awards discussion type show. News and trailers and stuff like that. Uh, the reviews are going to be um, on their own. Uh, own episodes for individual movies. Uh, the first episode of which, The Shape of Water, is coming out right after this one. It's going to be called uh, Reviews on the Road. Uh, and that'll be like another show that it'll be on podcast. Uh, Co-Pilot's also... Uh, we're trying to figure out how we're going to continue the show. Uh, not that it's uh, hard, but <laughs> we're just trying to figure out a more entertaining way to do the show. Um, so we appreciate your patience, listener. Um, but let's yeah, <laughs> let's start. Uh, oh, also, Darian is not uh, here. He's technically in the country, but he's not with us right now. We're uh, driving, so this is actually going to be the. Also, an in the ro- on-the-road episode of Jamp, uh, which there may be more in the future, but this is the first one, I think. Uh, okay, so let's start with our reviews. The very first movie we're going to be reviewing is... Can we remember the number that's on the Yeah, there's a, I, okay, I have a list of movies. There's 13 movies, I believe, we're reviewing today. Uh, finishing up with uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, and... So the first one's yeah. I Love You, Daddy. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of controversy with I Love You, Daddy. It's a Louis C.K.'s movie. Uh, he directed starring himself, uh, Charlie Day, Chloe, Grace Moritz, and John Malkovich. Um, I was excited for this movie because I like Louis C.K. as an artist, as a comedian. Um, and then, you know, it was very, it was, you know, pulled from release everywhere because of the, uh, unfortunate for the ladies, uh, controversy that there was. Um, but, uh, you know, things happened and it was out on the internet and I watched it and I gotta say, it wasn't that great. It wasn't good. Like, I wasn't colored at all by the experience of, or by the knowledge that he's now, like, a weird sex masturbator. Although there is a scene in the movie where Charlie Day fake masturbates to completion, uh, like, just to make a woman uncomfortable in a room. Um, but the movie is kind of whatever. It's, it's just, it's, Louis C.K. is like a television producer he has like a very successful TV show. He has another TV show that just got greenlit that he has no idea what it's going to be. His young 17-year-old daughter uh, is like she wants to go out and party and have friends and stuff. And she's basically just taking advantage of Louis C.K. because he has money. Louis C.K. meets his very, his, his like uh, Woody Allen style hero, which is John Malkovich, uh, who has like a penchant for like dating younger women. And, of course, John Malkovich takes a liking to Louis C.K.'s daughter, who's uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. And then she eventually comes to like him as well, and they just start hanging out a lot. And Louis C.K. is just wondering the entire time, should this matter to me? You know, are they having sex? Does it, you know, is it important to me? I mean, he's my hero, but she's my daughter. It's weird. And the movie just is whatever. It's, it doesn't it doesn't really explore anything. It's just like, I feel like Louis C.K. is like, you know what would be cool if, if this type of situation 
but then didn't do anything with the situation. He just kind of let the characters be there, and then nothing happens. That's interesting. I didn't really like the movie. Because, like, Louis C.K. has his, has his way of doing He is very talented. I mean, Louis, the show Louis is brilliant. And I thought this movie was going to be, like, an extended version of an episode of Louis, but with, obviously, different characters. And it just wasn't. It was, you know... I don't know. I just... It wasn't... It wasn't good. Yeah, and he's usually really good at what he does. Like, he's... Um, he's very aware of his characters and his, like, scenes and stuff like that. So, for for you to be unhappy with this is actually kind of weird for me. Yeah. I, I also was, like, kind of disappointed that I didn't like it. Because I, I was excited to want it, to watch it. I wanted to like it. I thought, you know, people were giving the movie shit. They were giving it bad reviews. But most of the reviews I was seeing were like, oh, I can't even because he's this, you know, terrible person that I can't even, like, finish the movie. And I was, like, not even... I was separating myself from all that or separating him from all of that and just watching the movie. And I, I just... I couldn't enjoy it. Like, none of it was funny. None of it was insightful. It was just, like, things happening. And it wasn't even, like, important things. It was just like, what? You went to Paris with John Malkovich? And I don't know, whatever. It's rich white people problems, which is, like, some, even more. I don't care. Okay. So let's move on to the next movie. This, yes. this is going to be a short review for the next one because we did a review for this, an individual review for this one. What's this one? Downsizing. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, downsizing. We saw Downsizing. We recorded a, a, a review of Downsizing in the car. Uh, so I'm just going to edit our review into right here. And we just saw uh, Downsizing. Oh, um, with Starring uh, Matt Damon and a lot of other people. Directed by Alexander Payne. Very weird movie coming out of Alexander Payne. Um, if you don't know Alexander Payne, he's known for kind of... Uh, Dramedies, I guess you could say. He directed Election. He directed Nebraska, which is great. Um, the Descendants. And I kind of feel like they just let him do whatever he wanted with downsizing, which is like a huge, huge concept, uh, which is a funny word to say. That's a huge concept. I feel like this was very badly executed. All right, so here's here's the the premise. Uh, there's been there's so much though. There's so much. That's one of the problems that the movie has. It has too many ideas. Okay, but let's let's start let's start by making this simple. Did you like the movie? Yes or no? I thought the movie was okay. Okay. Um, and it was really oh, and I did you I say, like the comedy in the movie? Yes or no? Comedy. I don't know what comedy there was. Okay, because that's, that's what I wanted to get to. But okay, okay. so there's only one, like, really good thing about the movie. Which is? Which is Hung Chao. Hung Chao who plays the Vietnamese lady. But that's the thing. She's not... I don't know if I if I really liked her funny, though. No, like, I, didn't I don't, even, like, I didn't I like even see her as funny. She's just, like, the best character. She has the most to do, even though she's all, she, like, comes into the movie because the almost actress, an hour and a half in. the actress is, is she American or is she actually Vietnamese? I think she's actually Vietnamese. Okay, because this accent that she's doing, like, I don't believe this accent at all. Well, she, may, she might be... Putting like, on a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. because I feel I, like I'll this is such an interview. acted. I feel like it's a really acted, like, like I feel like it's a, uh, like a jokingly way of making this accent, like this Asian Vietnamese accent, like making it very heavy. Yeah, I think that's just how she is. I think she is, she just does have a heavy, a heavy Vietnamese, ac yeah. Vietnamese accent. Okay, I just I don't know. I I couldn't. Like it might be also like she's putting on a little bit more like she's putting a little bit more cheese yeah but um but i think that she's just naturally you know that that kind of cheese all right but let's go back to what this movie is about okay so basically 
scientists, uh, a scientist, invents a thing. It's well, like, no, oh, I think it was a group of scientists. I think it was mainly two guys, but one guy was the main one. Yeah, that he was the one that was like doing it constantly. Yeah. Right? Um, invents like a way to shrink uh, matter, basically, um, so that and the, with the idea being that it'll like help um, global warming, it'll help uh, overpopulation, it'll help um, uh, starvation. Yeah, because everything is just becoming smaller, so yeah. less space for more people. Exactly, and you know. Uh, smaller people take up less resources, so it extends the the human lifespan. Not the human lifespan, the humanity's uh, lifespan on Earth. Um, and so he invents the thing. Fast forward to 15 years later, and Matt Damon... Uh, this is like 45 minutes into the movie. Matt Damon is like, hey, you know what? My life's not going that great. Uh, me and my wife are going to do this thing too. We're going to go get small. And we're going to go live in this leisure land community because $1 worth $1,000 or whatever the hell it, the, 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 that, exchange rate yeah, the exchange is. rate is. But a little bit of money is worth a lot of money. And a lot of money means you're extremely rich. Uh, and his wife don't, you know, they don't have that much money, but in Leisureland, they have a ton of money. So they go through the transition, except his wife doesn't. Like, she was about to do it, and then she just, like, freaked out and didn't do it. And so, fast forward to another year later, they're divorced, and he's poor. Basically, he's in a worse situation than he was in the real world, but as a, sm like, a five-inch tall person. And I was trying to figure out what the movie was about at this point. This is maybe like an hour in. And I'm like, oh, is the movie about how life Let, sucks anyway? Let's talk about, like, the fact that What's-Her-Face is in the movie for five minutes. Kristen Wiig. Like, literally, whatever you see, if you ever saw the trailer to this movie, that's, that's her significance in this movie. Whatever yeah, you saw her in this movie. It's trailer. her with one eyebrow and that's no it. hair, and that's it. That, that, is, that is her significance in this movie. This movie is Matt Damon, some of, what's his face, Christoph Waltz. Which Christoph Waltz was pretty good. Yes, Christoph Waltz actually was my favorite. I, w I wasn't expecting him. My favorite him, thing in this movie. I wasn't expecting him to be that, that good. I, I just thought he was going to be The thing is, he really being, didn't do much. It was just Christoph Waltz smiling. Yeah, that just made, reacting. Like, yeah, just his reactions to things were, like, the funniest thing ever. And uh, and I think he, like, there there's this one scene where... Uh, Matt Damon has just had sex with the Vietnamese lady uh, on a boat, and Christoph Waltz is like on the upper deck, and then they come up to the top deck. Christoph Waltz is just smiling at him, like, like and his with creepy the, smile. Yeah, with Christoph Waltz's creepy wide smile, like a fucking shark. And it was, it was great. That that was that was great. But um, and then okay, so I felt like the movie was getting into okay, so life just sucks in general. Like even if you're rich, even if you're poor. Uh, you know, doesn't matter if you try to improve your life. Maybe it's like I saw it as being like very pessimistic. Well, no, like, I think. It well, I'm I'm talking about while I was watching. Oh, the movie. okay. Um, and then, then it got into other topics. Like I was seeing the movie then start to become about immigration, because it's like, well, Matt Damon, uh, and all these other people from all other countries were coming to Leisureland to try to make a better life for themselves. And they, it's, they end up just basically being seen as lower class, you know, nothing citizens. And they live outside of the real town. Mm -hmm. um, but then on top of that, they layer also global warming and it's the end of the world. It's, it's like too but many okay, things. But okay, so... Like, the movie wants to make... It doesn't want to, like, tell a message. It wants to tell every message. Like, the global warming layer of this cake is weird. It's odd at best. Because, it's how the movie ends, though. Because it's like, yeah, global warming, but they make... They kind of make fun of it at the same time. Like, I couldn't... I, I couldn't kind of pinpoint what the view was on global warming in this particular movie. Because was it... Whatever I think you it's, know, I think it's saying like, oh, it's too late for for 
for us because we it was too late, like too late. Like we fucked up already. So what's the point in like trying to make all these changes? Right, if which we I, I feel like shit up already. And I feel like the movie at the end, because uh, at the end Matt Damon's like, oh, you know what? Um, he meets like a bunch of people in Norway, and they're they, they're deciding they know the world's gonna. And they thought it was gonna end already, so they've been preparing, you know, like very very deep underground, I guess. Uh, like a thing that they could live in there for what was it like 3,000, 8,000 years? Some shit like that. Um, or 800 years? I don't know. A long time. They could live underground for a very long time uh, and pr- propagate the, the species of, of Earth, of humanity uh, until it was safe to come back to the surface and then, you know, start over. Um, and he was going to do it and then he decides not to do it because what the hell? I mean, and the way that Christoph Waltz, who I think is supposed to be the voice of reason, yeah, says it is, look, we're all fucked anyway. You know, the world's not going to end for another three hundred years. The people who are down there, they're probably going to kill themselves before we ever die. So, you know, basically, what Kristen Wiig did in the first forty minutes of the movie is just be selfish. Yeah. Just, you know, she decided, no, you know what? I'm not going to go through with it. I'm just, I need to be selfish. I need to think about myself. And he was upset, of course. Obviously. And I think the end of the movie is basically saying, no, she was right. You should be selfish. Which is I, a kind of a weird thing for I, this kind yeah, of movie to like, do. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was, it was so weird because I wasn't sure if it was about the downsizing. Like, I feel like the downsizing kind of was... Like you could have said the same story without having a story of down right. uh, of, like, of making up, people small. You like set you set up, up so much time. It's you spend so much time setting up that people can be made small. To then just say, "Oh fuck it!" Like for it to just be like a like a joke that you're reminded of every fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, that's right. They're small. I I don't know. It's it was. I was expecting a lot more from this movie, and I, I I'm coming out of this movie very. Like, I'm really speechless because I'm like, I, I don't really know what the fuck I watched. It was? Like, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. Like, I don't know, like, one, we were in a theater with a fucking, a bunch of children because Not every, actual like, children. Just like, every were behaving fuck, like children. Like, every fucking You're adult at in there. It didn't make any it's sense. It's like... Oh my god, they're naked. They like were giggling. I'm like, oh, are they're you small. They're fuck- picking them up with a spatula. Like they're they're fucking. Oh, like that already had me like in a bad mood. Again, we 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 did. It is Thursday today, so it is a work day. So we're coming straight out of work, going to this to watch this movie, and then just being in an environment where adults are acting like motherfucking children is annoying altogether. And then above it all, you're watching this weird fucking movie that you're expecting one thing and it's like way out of the uh, like fucking left field so I'm not really sure if I watched a comedy movie if I watched I a drama I think it's intended on being if a, I watched I don't know what I watched like I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this movie so like Matt Damon is Matt Damon like I yeah. whatever there's 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 no there's Nothing. no negative or positive. Yeah, he's just Matt Damon. He's just Matt Damon. You know what you're gonna get. This the the Vietnamese lady. She was funny. No, and I think she, she was, was like. I think she was the best part of. She the was entertaining, but like she, I don't. It wasn't just funny. She was also very sympathetic. There's that scene where she's talking about how, which I mean, she reminds me a lot of your mom. Because she, she, uh, she like, has. Like well, she's going around and like trying to like have him help her. Like I liked all that stuff. But then, like, when she's when she's making them take her to Norway, basically, like, I was like, she's totally hustling these people. With, but she like, wasn't. The te- but she was, like, but that's how it felt. It didn't feel like, it didn't oh, feel like I, I it was a like genuine. That. I feel like the movie was treating her like, well, you know, she's this little Vietnamese lady. She's genuine 100% of the but time. But that's the thing. I didn't feel that way. I feel like the movie made you feel like it wasn't genuine. Even though it was I don't know. genuine, I, I don't. I think that I think that might have just been me. Your, your, your my view interpretation on it. Because, of it because I, I think she was. I think the point of her character is that she's always one hundred percent genuine. And she's like in your face, like okay, like this is how it is, and period. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I, I didn't see this character that way. I saw this character as yes, she is genuine, but like 
to a point. And then, like, what she was trying to do there is just kind of keep the person that was helping her. I don't think so. Because was, she was saying... It was really weird. Because even before, like, in the same scene, she was saying, okay, how long are you going to be gone? And then the guy's like, oh, ten days, maybe a little bit more. And she's like, um, I'm going to go with you. Like, she decides, no, I'm going to go with you. And then she basically, and then she tells the whole story about, like, how when she was, when she yeah, first yeah. came here and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It was, re- it was really good. And, like, it's not something you were expecting out of this, what seems to be totally random character. <laughs> And then it turns out she's, like, the second most important character in the whole like, movie. Her, I feel like the point of her character is showing you that, you know, we are all trying to find the easy way out. And I feel like this whole downsizing was, for a lot of people, was just an easier way out. And mm-hmm. I, um, what's his face's character in the beginning of the movie? Um, what's his face? Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. Like, his character was kind of that, like, kind of portraying that particular part of of like humanity that you know there's a lot of people that are not really ambitious or anything that are darn that are not making it in the world and this just alleviated a lot of that so you know i feel like that was the whole point of hers like she didn't want to be downsized she wanted to actually make the world a better place as a big yeah. grown person they, like they forced her to they downsize. forced her to downsize and it's like you know well i'm gonna I, i'm gonna do what i can while i'm in the situation that i am right i'm in so you know she's she continuously tried to help people even though she was put into the situation forcibly so i don't know like i don't i'm i'm not saying it's a bad movie I don't think I watch it again though, and I, I, I would wa- I would have preferred watching it at home. Yeah, if I mean, if anything, if I ever watch anything from this movie again, it'll be the scenes with this lady, the scenes with her, and just just like a YouTube, uh, like clip a compilation of her scenes because I, I thought she was great, and I think actually, if I'm not wrong, one of the reasons I actually wanted to see the movie was because of her because she got a Golden Globe nomination for this. Um, and it turned out she was great. I mean, they were right. They didn't just nominate her for no reason. She was actually pretty good. Um, so, I mean, it's, there's a chance. She has a chance. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of competition for Best Supporting Actress. So she she does have a chance. Um, I don't think she'll win, though. She's not... She has, She is the definition of a supporting role. But uh, I think just with how supporting roles are treated nowadays, she's probably not s- substantial enough. Yeah, but... Uh, I really I I'm coming out of this movie so speechless because it, it's just I don't know I, I I can't like put into words how I feel about it. I just I felt really weird watching this movie. And it was too long. Oh yeah, it was way like, too long. It just long. kept going. Like it could and have then, been an hour, hour and a half, and it would have been fine. It was two hours and fifteen minutes. Parking. It was too balls. long. Like I felt like okay, so they they finally got to downsizing, and then they. It's like, like they're, the, they're the just dealing with thing after like, thing. They emphasized that shit. he was like a therapist, like uh, they, uh, occupational therapist. Yeah, like they kept emphasizing this and kind of like showing that he could do it. And the like, I don't know, like the little tiny scenes of him like being at work. And I don't know. I just there's a lot of little things that they could have not used. But whatever. I I just the I I feel like the the general point of this movie is, you know. You need to live life, but you also need to realize that there's other things you should be grateful for and you should, you know, do your part in the world. Like, not, yeah, be selfish. You know, there's times where that's what you need. You need to be selfish and you just need to think of you. But there are also times where we need to think about everyone else and others. Yeah. And, in I mean, whatever situation you were in. Another weird thing is the movie was so long, and the ending was just weird. Oh, no, it was just It like, just ended. It just ended. It's, it's like, just like, I'm okay. I'm an old man, and... And that's it, I'm done. I'm done now. Yeah. The movie's done now. Directed by Alexander Payne. Whatever. It's, it's probably Alexander Payne's least good movie. It's his worst movie. Like, my... Yeah, I didn't want to say worst, but yeah, it's his it's least his, good. No, it's his worst. Because it, like, it, not... it has a very, like... Like I said, like very slight redeeming. When you were, parties, when you were saying it in the beginning, like that he did the Descendants and stuff, I was like, 
What the fuck? Was he just bored and he had nothing better to do? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think they just gave him free reign and he had too much creative control and he had to bring it back. He made uh, uh, Descendants and Nebraska, which are two really great movies. And Election 2, which I haven't really seen, but apparently it's one of the greatest fucking movies Reese Witherspoon's ever been in. And I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. I, I think that he just had too much... There was, too, there was way too much in this movie. There was movie. too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. So you and heard that. there was the downsizing review. Um, the number three was Bright. Bright. Okay. Will Smith. Oh, you actually watched it? I did. I watched it. On the recommendation of my cousin, who was like, you know what? It's like... There's a sequel coming out. There is a sequel coming out. A re- recommendation of my cousin, who was like, you know what? It's... It's like if uh, Lord of the Rings, a thousand years in the future. Um, and That's high. N- not like not like today future. Not like if it was a thousand years from today's future, but a thousand years from Lord of the Rings' future. Um, and only yes, because there are orcs and elves in it. But otherwise, it's like it's Whatever. just it's just the cop movie. Um, it has it has really good makeup. Uh, Joel Edgerton as friggin' orc looks super cool like very cool all the orcs in the movie look real cool um but the movie's just kind of like a cop movie where the cops don't like each other and then at the end they kind of like each other and then of course Will Smith ends up being like the savior he's a bright which in the reality of this movie is like a person who had can have a magic wand because magic wands are like rare they're not just rare they're like natural occurrence occurrences and it's like if someone who uh doesn't is not a bright touches a magic wand they explode oh okay and so everybody's after the magic wand and you know that's funny because there were so many different reviews for this like there was people that really enjoyed this movie well uh, that's what i'll say for it is that's not what i'm saying like most of the people who like the movie I agree with what they're with some of the, what they're saying, which is the movie has a really cool mythology behind it. But I wish this movie was that mythology versus this, which is like the mythology is just the oh this is what what happened before. I wish I saw what happened before versus this because it's just like racism, a racism cop movie. Where, but instead of it being against black people, it's against orcs. Okay. Alrighty, so number four is uh, on this list somewhere. The Beguiled. The Beguiled. Uh, Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled, starring uh, Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell, Elle Fanning, Kirsten Dunst. Um, okay, so I didn't know what to expect of this movie. I kind of had an idea, um, but I found it really interesting. It wasn't. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. I, I, I liked it. Um, it's just a, a house of women uh, with Nicole Kidman as kind of like the den mother or the main teacher. I think she's a, a teacher. It's like a girls' school with Kirsten Dunst being like this, the right-hand person, the second-in-command. And it's during the Civil War, uh, and they're in the South. So, you know, the, the girls are all like Confederate Southerners. They're Southerners. And Colin Farrell is a union soldier and he is injured and he shows up at their house and they're like you know what we should turn him in he's whatever but you know a lot of the girls find him kind of attractive and interesting and they don't want to just turn over a guy because they know that they're just going to kill him so they're like okay you know what we're going and he's injured so we're just going to help him get better and then we're going to let him go and then they do except they don't let him go he stays but then he it becomes really weird because he starts having a relationship with Kristen Dunst. Meanwhile, all the other girls, including like children girls, are all flirting with him. And then he's like supposed to meet Kristen Dunst because she's like, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to do it. And then Kristen Dunst is like, oh, what happened? He's not here. She goes to another room and he's having sex with Elle Fanny. Which, of course, causes the whole thing. He falls down the stairs and breaks his leg even more. And then they amputate his leg. But he threatens them. And then they kill him with poison mushrooms. You can't catch a break. Well, I mean... 
the thing is, they they really like make it a, a weird situation because in the forefront of your mind when you're watching the movie, it's like this is like one man in this house full of women, and he seems to be in a position of power even though he's the only man. And it, you kind of like feel worried for the the women in the house because you're like, are they? Is he gonna like take advantage of them? And I mean, it, he kind of was with El Fanny. Um, but then they kind of, and when it seems, when he gets at his most evil, like I should, I should say, they turn it around and they're just like, no, fuck you. And they kill him with poison mushrooms. Killing you with poison mushrooms. Yeah. The movie like almost turns into a horror movie because it's, it's kind of like a horror movie in the form of like, don't fuck with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, like, it doesn't. It it's just almost does. It's an interesting cast, though. Yeah, it's really interesting cast. Colin Farrell's really cool. Or really good, not really cool. Uh, Nicole Kidman's really good. Kirsten Dunst is really good. Uh, and Elle Fanning is great as always. Yeah, they, for me, I thought it was a really cool cast because it was all these women that, like, and a lot of them haven't really been in, in movies recently, I feel. And I guess it's an odd group of women, too. Like, you, you wouldn't really see, I think, Nicole Kidman, Al Fanning, and um, Kirsten, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst on one the same movie, so it seems yeah. interesting. Kirsten Dunst is becoming more of, like, an indie actress. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, she was she's around. She was in Lion last year, or a year before, and she was just in uh, Big Little Lies, so she's she's still working. She's good. Al Fanning's just always in everything now, it seems. Okay, the next one is Wonder Wheel. Okay, I just saw Wonder Wheel last night. Uh, it's a Woody Allen movie, uh, starring Justin Timberlake, Juno oh, Temple, one. yeah, uh, Juno Temple, Kate Winslet, and Jim Belushi. It's okay. It's okay. less than okay. The The movie is, um, like, it has a lot of, the dialogue is very clunky. It's very un-Woody Allen. It's very un- it's very Woody Allen-like, but it doesn't feel like Woody Allen. Or it feels like Woody Allen's first draft before he, like, really tried to craft it. He just wrote it, and he's like, yeah, that's 90 pages. But he just wanted to write something. The thing about this movie that's worth seeing is the cinematography. Yeah, that's what, that's what intrigued me about this movie was was that, the cinematography. Like, it looks so interesting. This movie is beautiful. Like, wow. So fucking good. It, it looks, like, to a point where it's almost creepy. Like, how, like, beautiful it looks. Like, there, uh, Justin Timberlake is always, there's, like, some scene, certain scenes where he's lit in a certain way that his eyes kind of, like, feel predatory. And he's not being predatory, but it just feels predatory. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting whatever movie. I feel like they were going for uh, Kate Winslet, uh, like Oscar nomination, like Kate uh, Blanchett style in, in Blue Jasmine. Um, I feel like he was going for that, but I don't think that he built that character up enough to do that. It's just like all of a sudden at the end, she just kind of turns and is now like, yeah, I basically caused the death of a person. And they and, and then everybody turns on her. But whatever. The movie was whatever. But the cinematography, beautiful. 100%. Like, watch the movie muted. It, watch stills of the movie because it's fucking beautiful. That's all I have to say for it. Okay. The next one, I can't read here. The first word is there. Last Flag Flying. Last Flag Flying. Last Flag Flying. That's Richard Linklater, the director of Boyhood and School of Rock. I was going to say those two movies together because they are not alike, but they came from the same guy. Um, that stars uh, uh, Steve Carell, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and Brian Cranston. It's like three ex-Marines or ex-soldiers who uh, are burying Steve Carell's soldier son who died. Um, it's very, like, sad old man movie. A sad old man movie? Yeah, because it's just the three of them going like, okay, well, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's like, all right, I'm going to go home. 
and then because they they were war buddies together but he's like a, a preacher now oh uh-huh and they're like okay so Lawrence Fishburne's gonna help you bury the son like as long as it's this and then I'm gonna go home and then it's like they they keeps getting more complicated and they keep having to go forward and, and do other things and Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne the whole time is like no I'm not gonna do anything versus Brian Cranston's always like yeah we're gonna do everything we're gonna fucking yeah and Steve Carell's just like oh wow yeah my son died Okay. Like, and the whole movie is just sad, sad men. Okay. Well, that sounds boring to me. It's okay. I mean, it's it's like a it's a road trip movie, I guess. What? Because they're the idea is that they're going to bury their son, his son, in Arlington, with the as a marine. Okay. And then they find out that they lied about how he was killed, and he's like, well, then if he wasn't killed a hero, he shouldn't be buried in Arlington. That's not right. So we're gonna take him and he's gonna be buried uh at home oh okay and then there's there's a whole thing where they're and they're like all right well look if you're gonna bury him at home that's fine we'll take him and then he's like no i'm taking my son i'm gonna take him home and so it's like kind of a road trip movie okay Um, and it was okay it's just it's it's a lot of talking it's a link later talking movie but with old men instead of people falling in love the next one is Battle of the Sexes. Another Steve Carell joint. Steve Carell's pretty good in this. This is um, the directors of Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, and it's about um, Billie Jean King, played by Emma Stone, and Bobby Riggs, played by uh, Steve Carell. And how they... Oh, Emma Stone basically independent, like, uh, makes women independent... Uh, for tennis because there was like a whole thing where they weren't getting paid enough and she's like you know what then fuck it we're not going to be in the league anymore we're going to make our own damn tournament Uh, and Bobby Rigg was like very instrumental in that because it was like the big headline match the battle of the sexes man versus woman Um, and yeah it's pretty pretty good but the like more interesting part of the movie is Emma Stone's stuff because she's going through a lot of internal turmoil because she's discovering that she's a lesbian um, and her husband is like there and kind of okay with it but like really disappointed mm-hmm. like he just wants her to be happy but also is like but you know also fuck mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, it's really entertaining it's, it's worth a watch um, what's this one Stronger? Stronger Jake Gyllenhaal I saw a lot of movies Seriously, like, uh, Jesus. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal gives a great performance. No, there's, this is number eight, and there's 13 fucking movies here. Okay. I don't remember watching, like, I we watched, like, together, we watched, like, four of the, out of the 13 of well, these movies. Well, we're getting movies. to the ones that you actually saw. Those are last. Exactly. That's <laughs> I'm getting through this like, as quickly as possible. You're doing this whole podcast by yourself today. Okay. Stronger, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Tatiana Maslany. Um, the movie overall was pretty good. Um, I I had some really, really interesting camera work, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was really good. Uh, he was doing his best Boston accent. And Tatiana Maslany was also really good, but she wasn't, like, exceptional. She was, she was good. She was what I expected out of her. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was really good, and maybe worth a nomination but not a win I don't think so he should have won for Nightcrawler and the guy who directed this movie he directed Pineapple Express and he's gonna direct the Halloween movie coming out uh, this year 2018 this guy I feel like he's gonna become one of my favorite directors because he is so varied in his genres and he pulls them all off like this movie's kind of a, a drama with some very heavy topics and it never feels heavy like it's always like shit you know all this stuff happened but you move on and the movie's not about the 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 Boston bombing the marathon bombing it's about it's literally it's called Stronger it's about like uh, outgrowing your past letting go of your mistakes and becoming you know a better person and for this guy, it just happened to be that he had to lose his legs to, like, fall to the to rock bottom and then lift himself back up. 
it was pretty good. But Jake Gyllenhaal is, you know, standout. What's next? Um, I Tanya. Okay. I Tanya. I Tanya. Okay. I don't understand all of this fuss about Alice and Janney in this movie. She's not bad. But she's not like, oh my god, she's gonna win the Oscar. Good. Well, I didn't think that she was gonna win the Oscar with I, Tanya at all. Well, a lot of people are giving it to her. They're basically saying it's hers. Why? With this performance. I don't know. I no, saw it, I and she was so. fine. I a, think it's because... I don't think it's because of her. I think it's the story that you're telling. It's a story that everybody fucking knows. And, again, I love Margot Robbie. Robbie. Like, the woman is my love, but... I, just seen with the trailers, I didn't see. I didn't see any fuss. But I'm not saying Margot Robbie's the one who's gonna win. I'm saying Allison Janney. Allison Janney. She plays her mom. Oh, I don't know. Well, she does look just like her mother. Yeah. And the she documentary plays her that's gonna come out. Yes. She looks just like her mom. But I mean, I don't. I, she was great. There wasn't anything bad about her performance. It's just I didn't think that it was anything like special. I'm excited about. Yeah. The Margot Robbie was great. She was playing the character that she needed to play oh, she was great the, and other, she'll probably get nominated what other supporting her. characters are, are there right now okay there's what, support for best supporting actress mm-hmm. fucking Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird I was just re-watching Lady Bird last night and yeah Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird amazing she was really great because it's naturalistic and at the same time so emotional because the character is holding everything like just beneath the surface and you can see it it's great but talking about Itania Margot Robbie is good she'll probably get a nomination because it's not something you expect to see out of her like you expect fucking Suicide Squad like which is like oh yeah that's a good that's a good character you expect like a 7 out of her and she gives probably like a 9 on Margot Robbie's scale I'm excited scale. to see the documentary that comes out next week yeah, yeah. At this one, they special. Uh, Sebastian Stan was also very good in the movie. Um, the Winter Soldier. He's very good. And the guy, I don't know his name, but the guy who plays fucking the friend, like the fucking idiot fat guy, he was great. He was like such a head-up-his-own-ass type person. And he played that person so well that I would have wanted to see a whole movie about that guy. But yeah, otherwise the movie is basically Goodfellas, but with, you know, figure skating. Okay. Just things kind of get out of hand, and it, it becomes bigger than it has to be, and then in, you have to deal with the consequences. Next one's The Florida Project. Okay. The Florida Project. Starring two people that I don't know their names, and Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, first of all, is in maybe 20, 25 minutes of the whole movie. I don't know. I mean, he's in the movie a lot, but he doesn't really, like, do anything. Like, most of the time, he's in the background, uh, or he's, like, there's a scene of him, like, just painting the, like, side of the wall on the hotel, and then the bucket falls, and somebody gets pissed at him. I feel like this movie's gonna end up growing on me as the years go on, and I'm gonna, like, really fall in love with it, and, like, love it. But for right now, it's like a three and a half stars for me. Maybe four. Maybe four. Because it's it's about being a kid. It's about growing up. And really, the main character is a little girl. You spend a lot of time with her. And a lot of time with her mom. But you spend even more time with just a little girl. And Willem Dafoe... I don't understand why they're saying he's going to get an Oscar. I mean, I do understand... But I don't think that he that's merited for this performance. It's very naturalistic. But it's well, would, that's all we it is. say that Willem Dafoe it was more like out of It's a career. Yeah, thing. it's a career thing. It's like, oh Willem Dafoe, here's something we've never seen him do before, a kind of just gentle, naturalistic character. Cool. But if any other person gave the same exact performance as Willem Dafoe, like nothing different, 
every little nuance, everything was exactly the same, the person would not get recognized at all. I, th I think it's only getting recognized because it's Willem Dafoe, and because we haven't seen something like this from him before. But that doesn't mean that it deserves an Oscar win. But they're probably going to give it to him because, you know, it's a career retrospective. Whatever, that's fine. I'd rather give it to something that we're going to talk about a little bit. Okay, so the next one is Molly's Game. Molly's Game. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you talk about this one. Yay! <laughs> I really, really like this movie. This movie, if anybody knows me, like, it's literally everything and, every, and anything that I write. It's basically this. On, on, Like, if I wrote a movie, this would be the movie that I would, I would have written. You have gambling. You have father issues. You have Jessica Chastain with her big old titties. You have <laughs> putting men in their place and even pushing them down below their place. Mm -hmm. It's like, it was such a great... And the thing is, like, I love the dialogue in this movie. Like, it's very rare that I like movies with a lot of dialogue in it and it's just basically the person's performance. Like, it, it, it was all dialogue. And it was... A lot of the dialogue that I liked and enjoyed was between... Um, Jessica Chastain and um, what's his name? Peter Selva. Yeah, Peter Selva. Oh my god. Like, them two and their banter was about the best thing ever in this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, in terms of, like, cinematography and stuff like that, there's not much to, like, be happy and critique because it, it is a debut um, movie for the director. So, what is yes. what's his name? Uh, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, the writer of A Few Good Men. The Social Network, Moneyball, Steve Jobs, The Newsroom, The West Wing, so many things. He yeah, wrote, so this is his first movie that he, he's writing and directing. First movie he's directing. You can tell it's his writing because of the, like, very in-depth... witty dialogue. And witty di dialogue, yeah. Like, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I came out of this movie smiling like a little freaking kid, and, um... This woman is amazing. Like, like the character Molly and well, the person Molly is amazing because there was just so many things that she was going on, like men, like mentally, like for her and her mind, and like psychologically, like a lot of things that were pushing her to do what she did and like to motivate her to have this poker game. But at the same time, it wasn't like a positive motivation, I guess you could say. At, at the same time. It's just, but it's amazing just to see how she progressed in her life and how all this guy kind of changed her and how even though, you know, all this was happening to her, she still wanted to keep, like, her dignity and, like, her, her, the whole thing was, like, her name and making sure that, you know, she holds that, like, very highly, I guess. But I really, really enjoyed this movie. This movie was fantastic for me. Like, it's in my top three for the year, so, and I've watched a lot of movies this year, so. Well, there's still two movies that we have to watch before, at least two movies that I have to watch before I completely compile. Well, I don't care about you, but. My whole list. Like, I think the only other movie that might top any of the ones that I have is the one with, um, what's his face, um, Okay. Well, 
the next one is um actually before we move to the next one there's one I, I think I didn't put on the list that I want to say that's Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle okay whatever. I forgot that I saw that bullshit exactly that movie was bullshit it was fucking stupid okay that's all you have to stop say stop putting the rock in movies <laughs> let him take a break for a year and then put him in a movie that's not a Fast and Furious movie and see it be good watch it be good otherwise he's just choosing shit to be in it's like oh what's this movie called Skyscraper yeah he's making a movie called Skyscraper which is about a skyscraper that he's like rescuing people from or some shit. Oh, whatever. Forget it. Let's stop talking about that. They just want to put that motherfucker in a stop. helicopter. It's over. That's all they want. Stop. We're going to talk about a good movie. So we're going to talk about Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name. Oh, this, this movie is so lovely. Like, it's adorable. I freaking loved this movie. Yes. This movie, I think, is my number one for the year. I'm, I'm kind of like... A little iffy, like with not Molly's game. Molly's game is probably my number three, but oh my god, like this movie! I don't know. It made me feel like a little kid in a weird way. Like it made me feel what you needed to feel for this movie because it makes you understand like somebody that's growing up and really doesn't understand their own feelings and is trying to explore these feelings. And it's like it makes you like kind of relive that. Yeah. Relive those feelings of like anxiety and like like shyness with all like your own sexual tension and all that stuff. Oh my god, I loved it. I really, really fucking love this movie. Um, this movie has two things in common with another movie that I think you're gonna have a similar reaction to that you haven't seen. You haven't seen Lady Bird yet. Okay. Which I think you need to watch. I think Lady Bird's also gonna be like a top five movie for you. Um, and it has two things in common. One, Timothy Chalamet is in the movie. He's in both movies. He's Elio. Elio is in He's in Lady Bird. Bird. Yes. I like him. Both movies have a main character who just out of nowhere has a nosebleed. And it's never brought up again. It just has a nosebleed for one scene and it's it. Which is great. I relate. That happens to me in my life. I just have a nosebleed and that's it. I go on with my day. It's not like I have a tumor or anything. It's just I had a nosebleed. I'm fine. Move on. And it happens in both movies and I fucking love it. Uh, Call Me By Your Name is fucking beautiful. Um, and I don't just mean cinematography-wise. I mean, like, the story. Everything, everything about this movie was it is beautiful. so beautiful. Like, I loved it. I loved the it, time, loved it. The time that they, put, they made this movie, like, the, the, the period of time that yes, they made this movie. Yes, it's like, I think, 1983 in Italy. In Italy. Oh, my God. Like, it just made me want to be in that time. And in that, I don't know, it was just so beautiful. It was just a beautiful time. And it was, it was such a beautiful thing to explore. And I really enjoyed this. And then, like, my favorite thing was the monologue at the end by the dad. Yes. Okay, that's what I was going to say. The person I think should win Best Supporting Actor is Michael Stuhlbarg for Coming By Your Name. Yes. Because of that scene. Just with that scene. That, that scene was beautiful. It was such a beautiful scene. And the thing about this movie was also so great is they talk three different languages in this movie. And it's like... And, like, it's, it's like... It's just in and out. It's just, it's like Spanglish to us. Like, we speak a lot of... English, we speak Spanglish a lot, which is just like Spanish with English words mixed in or vice versa. But then there's this French, but they do Italian, and English. And English. And they and just like amazing. flow in and out of it. And it's so beautiful and like it didn't seem like out of place for any of the people that or were forced. Talking. Or Yeah, or forced from any of the people that were, were talking the language. I, I, and so it made you feel so much more authentic in, in terms of the was like the, the characters that they were playing oh my god I really love this movie this yes. movie I can gush over it all day and, and watch it over and over again and not get tired because I think it was just so sweet and still like even though some of the scenes were a little bit like over the top like in terms of graphic I think it, it, it needed to be that way because it really needed to like things when we're, when we're experiencing like our first sexual encounters and stuff like that I think it is graphic Embrace all of your emotions because 
if you feel nothing, it is a waste of a life. Yeah. Fucking love the movie. Yes, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I think that everybody in the world should watch this movie because it's pretty fantastic. Um, and then the last one we're going to talk about today is Star Wars. The Last Jedi. Then, because my review is probably going to be shorter than yours. Um, I, I like this movie. For, for somebody that doesn't like love Star Wars the way that most Star Wars fans like Star Wars, I really like this movie. I think this movie was great and, you know, there was a lot of interesting things that were happening in the movie. But at the same time, um, I think that... Like, I think that what bothered me most about this movie is afterwards. Like, everybody's complaints about this movie. From fans and non-fans alike, I feel like fans of the movie, like, were all 50-50. Everybody was like, oh, I re- either you really fucking love this movie, or it was like, oh, this is a disaster to Star Wars. Yeah. R.I.P. Star Wars. Yeah, and then there was, um, one thing that really bugged me was, like, everybody, every board, message board, or, like, whatever that I, I would get on... About Ray and and Kylo Ren, and it's like in like in a relationship, and they were they were trying to push uh, like a relationship, and then there was a lot of people that like wanted that that to for for that to be what it is, that they're like going to be in a relationship at some point, and, and it's and like they still good. But that's what I don't. I actually don't appreciate that. It's like so just because you see a female and a male and they're having this inner mental connection, uh-huh. you just automatically assume oh relationship. It's like, if this was two men, like, that's not what the immediate, uh, like, understanding that you're going to have. You're going to think, oh, it's good and evil, trying to fight against it. Just me the whole time. Ray and him is just good and evil. Same thing as always. As as Sith and and, and Jedi, like, how how they've always battled their their, their fights, basically. It's always been the same in every, in every movie. And I think that, like, that bias of, like... Oh, it's a girl and a boy, and oh my god, he's, she's, they're seeing each other through their minds. It's like, oh, they're totally going to be together. That kind of bugged me in a very odd, like, and, like I don't very, like, it just, I was like, if this was two day, two girls, you would be like, oh, that, oh, you're going to tell me they're going to be lesbians, or if this was two guys, it's going to be two gay guys? Like, no. Yeah, like, people do say that, So I just think it's just annoying, but... Um, other than that, like, I really enjoyed the movie. I think there was the only bad part about this movie is that there's a lot of forced comedy in this movie. There was a lot of, like, it seemingly out-of-place comedy, but I think it's supposed to be as a tension relief because the movie is so heavy. I don't know about heavy. It, if that comedy wasn't there, it would have felt a lot more heavy. I guess, but I think it was a little too overdone with the comedy. Like, they, they could have toned it down a little bit. But here are my thoughts. After we left the theater watching the movie, I didn't know how I felt about it. Um, I, I knew that I liked what I saw because it was Star Wars, but I didn't know if I loved it. I was very shocked during the movie um, when fucking Supreme Leader Snoke was cut in goddamn half because they cut him in half. He's the bad guy. What do you mean? gonna cut him in half. What are you gonna do for part nine? pretty cool how they cut him, though. Yes. Like, how they went about it. Yes, they did. That actually is my favorite scene in the movie. That was pretty cool. Not not just when they cut him in half, but then the subsequent battle between Kylo Ren and Rey versus all of his guards. Yeah. Is, I forgot the word, there's a a specific word that they use to, like, describe those guys. Praetorian. It's Praetorian guards. Um, fucking cool-ass battle. And I loved it. And here's the thing. The movie has grown on me so much in the subsequent weeks. Like, even reading everyone's negative reviews about it, I feel like they're only upset because the movie wasn't what they expected it to be. And that subversion is exactly why I love the movie. Because it it wasn't, like, exactly what I'm saying. They killed Snoke. That's the Emperor figure. He's the bad guy in part nine, and you killed him already. And killing him now means that you don't have any idea what they're gonna do for episode nine. You have zero clue what they're gonna do. You might have like a guess as to what might happen with certain characters, but you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know if it's gonna be they're gonna throw the Emperor down the fucking shaft because that's what they did in Jedi, because you don't know. 
that subversion mixed with everything else about the movie makes it probably my favorite Star Wars movie. It's either my favorite or my second favorite. My favorite movie, my favorite Star Wars movie has always been A New Hope, the original Star Wars, because it's an encapsulating story. Start to finish, you don't have to watch any other movies, that's the only movie you watch in your life, that's it. It, it, it ends. The reason that I don't like Empire as much is because it does not end. It's a cliffhanger ending, which I understand because it's episodes, but it's a cliffhanger, cliffhanger ending. You can't watch it on its own. And Last Jedi, to some extent, you can't watch on its own. But everything else that's in the movie kind of makes up for it. And within the mythology of Star Wars as a whole, I think it's my favorite movie. Like, if, if I'm taking in the movies individually, probably Star Wars, original Star Wars is my favorite. But as a whole, taking all eight episode movies and even Rogue One thrown in there, this one I think is my favorite. Because it has fucking everything. It has everything. And not in a bad way. Not like, oh, they threw everything in there. It has everything because everything was needed for the movie. And even the scenes like that when in Canto Bite when they're freeing the fucking uh, the space horses and shit even that is necessary because that's a casualty of war that's a fucking victim of the war of Star Wars Star Wars has never properly talked about war it's just had shooting and fighting and this movie actually is like okay a war isn't just shooting and fighting because you need to survive there are people making money off of this shit the rebellion exists because they have money. That's the only way. And the Empire, or the fucking First Order in this case, exists because they have more money. And that's the only reason they're able to fight. But who's money? Who's taking the money? It's fucking Kanto Bike. And it's, ah, it's so fucking good. I love it because it's a third side. It's not just good versus evil. It's good versus evil. And there's also like a middle that doesn't give a shit about anything that's happening. Which is fucking... Exactly, they're just living their life oblivious to anything else happening. And that's fucking what war is. War is two people are fighting and I don't give a shit. And it's in stars. It's in the universe. It's outside in space. space. (laughs) There's fucking lightsabers and the force and Luke Skywalker fucking projecting himself planets away, which is fucking amazing, and I saw coming, but I still don't care, it was fucking cool as hell, when he fucking rubbed it in Kylo Ren's face, he's like, I'm not even here, bitch, and he fucking... I feel like it shows you how powerful Luke really is, or Luke really was. Okay, and people are pissed that Rey is like a master Jedi all of a sudden. Because they explained it in the fucking movies. The first, the movie before this is called The Force Awakens. Why did it awaken? Because Luke went into hiding and he shut himself, he shut himself off from the Force. So that energy from the Force had to go somewhere and it went into Rey. And then not only that, it's like, I feel like also Luke understood how difficult it was for himself when he was learning his, like, to be a Jedi. Like, I think he understands the Force in a, such a different way that he knows how to teach people. And he yes. knows how to teach um, the, how to understand the Force and how to without, really take without the being, Force without, without being a Yoda. Exactly. Because Yoda was just, like, a prankster. He was just fucking around in, in Empire until Luke figured it out. Luke's like, look. This is what you need to do and do it. I don't want to teach you. Yoda wanted to teach him. He's like, you're going to stay here until you learn. And then he died. Luke's like, I don't want to teach you, but, uh, you know. If I do, it's going to be three lessons and you're going to figure, and it's going to work. And it's going to work. Exactly. Luke figured the force out. That's it. That's it. That's the way it is. He figured out the force and he's like, nobody should have this power. That's why he shut himself off. And then at the end, he realizes, you know what? No. It's not nobody should have this power. It's assholes shouldn't have this power. And Jedi are the ones who stop the assholes. So I cannot be the last Jedi because someone has to be there to stop the Sith. That's the whole fucking point of the movie. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, 
Yes. So I think that's it for this week's jam. Uh, next episode, not even next week, next episode, it's going to be in a few days. Uh, it's going to be, well, in between, we're going to post an episode of uh, Shape of Water for Who's uh, on the Road. But immediately after that, we're going to have a Golden Globes uh, episode. We're going to be talking the Golden Globes. Um, I'm not uh, 100% set on if we're going to do a live episode of actually uh, recording it during the Golden Globes and just, you know, giving our reactions live. Um, or if we're going to just do an after show kind of thing. Uh, but I believe Darian's going to be with us during the Golden Globes. So I want to try to record it during. Uh, it's probably going to be like a super long episode I'm going to have to edit down. But yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll probably be two weeks after that before we're able to record an episode. We'll still be recording reviews on the road episodes, uh, but not, no jam until probably two weeks later. And that's going to be our, uh, our top movies of 2017 lists episode. And I think by then, Oscar nominations will be announced, so we'll talk that too. Uh, holy shit, so exciting. Um, I think that's it for this week on Jam. Uh, do you have anything you want to say? No, catch us on our Facebook page, yes. which is Oddcast Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Oddcast Podcasts. You can follow me uh, individually on Twitter. I am at CraftBag17. I'm at BoogerFace17. Uh, Darian's at Darian Morales. You know, I'm going to stop promoting his name until he comes back on the show. Um, and uh, and that's it. Uh, until next week, uh, I am Dervin. And I'm Wendy. And remember, if you're going to do anything, don't half-ass it. Don't ass it.